broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Sparta! All your base are belong to us. The balls are inert. And now it begins. Okay, everybody, you're listening to Phoenix 22.5 FM and NerdToKnowMedia.com. My name is Daryl Connor, and I'm joined on the line by... Keanu Calico, and thrilled to be here as always. Keen, thanks very much for uh, rescheduling the show uh, this week. We were, we're a little bit off because we were supposed to do it on Thursday, but stuff happened. Bryn isn't joining us, but Bryn might pop on. So if he shows up, it's because he's joined the call. We don't know yet. But if he to... shows up, it's as much a surprise to us as it is to you. Exactly. We don't know. Hopefully he will. But he, he is excited about joining the, the next part of the show, though, Keen. <laughs> Because this is like a twofer where we're going to talk about the best horror movies to talk about and then the worst next week. So he's really excited about that. He can't yeah. That's going to be a fun <laughs> one. Um, but yeah, before we get into that, man, like, and we do have a list of like horror movies that you should check out and some of our favorite ones. Um, mm. But before we get into that, there is a lot of news. It's crazy news. And it all comes with all kinds of parentheses and maybes and ifs and buts. But I had to talk about this because it's me and it's Star Wars. So, Oh, here we go. <laughs> as soon as you said, there's something we need to talk about, I was like, oh, is this Star Wars? Is this Star Wars? Go on. What's yeah. the news? So basically the news is that they're from internet sources. They're basically reshooting 75% of the movie. Okay. So it's going to be a Justice League situation then. We're 65 three days away from the movie coming out. Yeah, I suppose in a way that is in the Star Wars tradition because they were editing the original Star Wars up until the day before it opened in cinemas, right? But they weren't, yeah, but you weren't shooting the movie. Oh, that's, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Like, and it, we're not talking about from, from this, from the intel that I'm gathering here, it's not just, you know, special effects because that's pretty normal. It's yeah. flesh and blood actors on sets that they're reshooting. Holy moly. Yeah. That's so, I mean, do you have any ideas? Because it sounds like you've done a bit of research on this. Do you have any idea why they're doing these reshoots now? Well, there's a few reasons on it. Um, Doomcock, of course, covers this. So you can check out his stuff and uh, Midnight's Edge and stuff like that. They're reporting it too. Um, it, it's basically got to do with the fact that they, we talked a bit that they had, they were, they had six different edits of the movie. Right. Um, ready to go. And apparently they test screened those and you're all flops right so the basic premise here is that they do not want this movie to fail and they're yeah. trying to build it back up from the ground up but it's not very good and i don't know what's gonna happen like because you're thinking about it, i was in the cinema there on friday i went to go see maleficent 2 which but a short review pointless movie but you'll have a fun time okay right that's, like that's yeah, look, there's no reason, no reason for the movie to exist. Nothing really happens, but you'll have a good time watching it. 
Well, I mean, that's a bit of a promotion from the other Disney remake, so that's certainly quite an endorsement. Well, it's not a remake. It's it's just a, like a spin-off movie with Maleficent. Oh, I know that, but like, say, The Lion King was pointless and pointless. Like, oh, so fair, if it's yeah. fun, I'll take that. Like, Yeah, well, like, you know, it looks great and the characters are fun and that, but there's no real point to it. So it's just one of those movies where you're like, okay, uh, I, I didn't have a bad time. I enjoyed it. So yeah, it's anyway, but during the trailers, um, you know, the Star Wars trailer came up and it's like the same one which we've seen over mm. and over again. Yeah. And we're supposed to have a trailer now tomorrow. On really? Monday. Yeah, during Monday Night Football in the in the States. And mm. uh, no one knows what it's going to be about. And when you think about it, like at this point now, there should be at least a trailer. Yeah. And there hasn't been. So I think that leads a lot of credence to what we're hearing that, the reason why is because they don't even know what kind of movie it is yet. <laughs> Holy moly. It's yeah. yeah, it's see, I don't know how to feel about this. I still quite like the newer star Wars, but like they were the original star Wars weren't made to be crowd pleasers. They eat that. I mean, the prequels kind of speak to that, mm. but like they were sort of, they, they were kind of made and they just happened to catch people's imagination. I feel like, making a crowd-pleaser Star Wars is a bit of a contradiction in terms. And that seems to be what they're kind of doing. Well, it's just because they really need to make a movie that won't flop. Mm. And they're really afraid that this is going to flop. And it probably will. This is probably going to flop to the moon. But uh, I think if they are reshooting it, which reshoots are expensive, if yeah. they are, they, they may have just even, whatever the movie success, like Justice League, reached the point that they couldn't possibly make their money back. Well, that's what happened with Solo. So, uh, Solo was not bad. Oh, yeah. Solo was not a bad film. I actually really quite enjoyed Solo. Mm. But they spent so much money reshooting it that it lost lost money. And nobody yeah. else had any interest in it. So, uh, look, to be honest with you, the best thing to do is just go with what they have and hope for mm. the best. But this is not a movie that people want to see. There's no appetite for it. There's no excitement. Mm. It's just it, it sucks because it's like it's a Star Wars movie and it everyone just wants it to be over and done with. I, I was, sorry, go on. No, you go. Oh, sorry. Uh, it feels like it's um, like a studio's like end of year college term paper or something. Yeah. It feels like they kind of have to do it and they're not mad about it, but they will get it done on time begrudgingly. That's yeah. the vibe that's coming from the bits and pieces I've seen and indeed from yourself talking about going to see it, you know? Yeah, and it's like, it's, you know, I have a Sydney World card, so I'll go see it anyway. I'm not too pushed. I'm not excited. I'm just kind of like, oh my God, just please just put this to bed because it's, you know, it's terrible. <laughs> but uh, look, it's one of those movies where I can't wait for it to be done. And I think either way, it's going to be one of those um, Ted Pole movies where you're like, this is how to fail. Look at this. Mm. And that's kind of where i'm where i'm at with it you know but look uh doomcock is probably going to give more details on it um when it happens so we'll just have to see uh midnight's edge is great for this so if you guys want to check out more go to midnight's edge and we'll obviously jump on it because we just can't help talking about the failure of star wars uh, <laughs> it's funny actually because just talking about uh the lesson film i saw the disney sleeping beauty for the first time the original now a right. few weeks ago and i was getting a big you know emperor palpatine vibe off that maleficent character like i can definitely i'm guessing angelina jolie has fun in the role does she 
Oh yeah, now she's pretty scary when you watch her, like mm. because you're sitting there going, "Oh Jesus, what's this?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> like to be fair, it's just it's just whatever way her cheekbones are, it just looks super weird, um, and it's like, "Oh my God, what's this?" But it's a, it's a fun it's a fun little movie, you know. I I did not enjoy it. Uh, sorry, did not hate it. I actually quite enjoyed mm. it. I didn't think I'd enjoy it. It's very mm. slow, but then it's just kind of fun, you know. It's inoffensive. Just a silly little movie. That's not too well. Funnily funny. enough, that's what I've heard about the first one as well. Like, I'm a huge fan of the YouTuber Lindsay Ellis, and she consistently refers to Maleficent as like one of her favorite movies, and also calls it my trash. So that seems to be the relationship between the fans and that franchise. Like, oh, I, I fully believe it. Now, I haven't, I didn't see the first one, and you don't have to because nothing happens. It's a pointless movie, <laughs> but it's a fun pointless movie. Like, it's, like it's not, it's not offensive. It's just a fun little movie where mm. you sit there, you buy your popcorn, you sit in. And I know we saw it in the IMAX because it's just, you know, how we were able to see it. Yeah. And uh, did not um, feel offended or upset. <laughs> Quite the opposite. So, you know, fair play, Disney. You know, you, you, it was kind of like a throwback to the old kind of Disney live action films. You know, like um, yeah. I was putting together a chair the other day and we saw... Uh, Hundred Wild Dimensions Two was on the TV. Was on. Netflix. Oh, I saw that in cinemas back in the day. Yeah, yeah it was on RT Two. You know, mm. on Saturday, yeah. and I'm like, wow, this is absolute garbage. But it's a tra- but it's traditional uh, Disney garbage. You know, yeah. where they'd make just really weird choices in a live action movie, but then their animation would always be great. And you know, Maleficent is kind of that throwback to it. You know, but they have a budget and obviously big CGI you know yeah you're right there is actually quite a lot of similarities like glenn close and um angelina jolie there's one big name actor in it probably has a lot of creative control over the film maybe too much for sure and it's messy but they're having fun and so are you so why not yeah exactly and that's you know that's what you want you know Mm. but one thing i just saw there someone popped up on uh the expanded universe preservation society Someone did a review of Death Troopers. I don't know if you've ever read the book Death Troopers. No, I haven't. No. Is this what era of Star Wars is this from now? This is expanded universe, so it's not okay. canon anymore. But right. it takes place um, on an Imperial barge that's overrun with zombies. So mm-hmm. it's zombie de- stormtroopers. All right. Zombie stormtroopers. All right. And Han Solo and Chewbacca show up halfway through it. It's actually a very, very good book. I 100% recommend it. You know, it's, it's a fun a fun little novel so i'm a couple of years ago now but it works super well who's the author uh let's see it's been a while since i read it (laughs) just let me double check oh sorry if you don't have it to hand oh it's joe scriber okay okay yeah is he Um, like a consistent star wars person or is this like a first offering no no he's consistent enough now he wrote a follow-up to it called red harvest which wasn't that great but also about zombies. <laughs> but to be fair, it does kind of tie up to the actual death troopers that are canon now, because apparently mm. death troopers that are canon now are zombies. They're they're un- no, they are they're undead imperial death troopers. Mm. So basically, yeah, that's what they're kind of. Uh, that's what the theory is that they're actually zombies. But yeah, you know, one of the best things about current Disney is the design of death troopers. But these, this was way before it. This was written in two thousand and nine. So, you know, not definitely worth your time. If you're a fan of that kind of stuff and you like 
you know, you're looking for something a bit kind of spooky to read in the Star Wars world, give that a read. I like zombies. I'll go for that. Yeah, go for that. I think you'll really enjoy it. Red Harvest is not as good, but it's still kind of fun. So I, I'd recommend Death Troopers anyway, man. I think you really enjoy it. Awesome. Okay. So let's kind of switch gears here. Now, the, the plan for this is because it's Halloween in two weeks, we're, next week we're going to do our big kind of uh, our follow-up to this. So we're going to talk about the best horror game, the best horror uh, movies, and then I'm going to throw in some horror video games as well. Uh, Bryn is oh, very... nice. I didn't even think of that. Oh, well, you know, you, if you have any to throw in, you can. You might as well. I'm adding as we speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Uh, and Bryn is very excited about the follow-up to this next week, which is going to be the bad. <laughs> so he's very excited. He has a big, big list. Uh, and obviously, if Bryn, obviously, if Bryn jumps in, he'll he'll obviously throw in as well. But yeah, we're gonna gonna go back and forward with this. So, like, I think every week, every year, it's great. You know, Halloween is fantastic because you can kind of reflect on the horror movies, and it's a big kind of horror time to shine right it's one of yeah. those great things it's, it's why i love it um and there's so many great movies to watch so many there and now particularly with netflix and all kind of stuff you can watch a bunch of trash so i've kind of gone through <laughs> stuff and, <laughs> I, to, I di- didn't want to watch you know recommend trash because sorry uh, I didn't want to, to recommend trash, you know. And by the way, there's a great channel on YouTube that I had to bring up. It's called Inside a Mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's super fun. It, it talks about some really, really strange stuff. Um, you know, cults and weird TV shows. Um, and there's, I didn't even know about, like, the there was one on when Inside Number 9, the TV show, they did a live show of it in a hot. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Inside, oh, awesome. Have you, have you seen Inside Number 9? I've seen all I've seen all the series on Netflix, but I haven't seen that special yet. Inside Number Nine is one of the best shows for anyone who likes Black Mirror, but likes all Black Mirror. It's like a British yeah. Black Mirror in in the sense of like it stayed consistently British, and um, it's done by the guys who did the League of uh, Gentlemen. Yeah, um, and I I love that show. It's great, but they did a they did a, a special in a, in the haunted Granada studios, right? And the setup was that they were just doing a normal episode and then all the sound cut out. But And people thought that was just a mess up. But actually, the way they shot it, it, was, it turned into like the ghosts were haunting the studio during the, the live show. So it's, oh. I, I, I haven't seen the special, but uh, Inside of Mind you know, went through it and there's some really, really cool stuff. So uh, straight off the bat, honorable mention from YouTube channels for something like that. Um, inside of mind is great to kind of talk about that stuff but there's, there's so many YouTube channels we can talk about that that'd be serious in and of itself which yeah. you might revisit at some point but you know I obviously just wanted to bring that up so I'm going to kick things off here Kane with um, so what I'll do is I'll do one one movie one game alright okay. we'll do 10 each um, so the first one uh, well, we're obviously making up for Bryn not being here. <laughs> so the first one I'm going to mention is a relatively recent one, and it's Sinister. Okay. So I've seen Sinister. What's 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 the appeal for you? I but I'm not talking about the sequel because the sequel, you know, it is what it is, mm. and it's not very good. But what I like about Sinister was how different it was, right? Uh, it has. It's one of the most atmosphere-soaked movies 
in recent years and something that really could have started off a great franchise rather than what happened mm. to it. For anyone who doesn't know, this uh, crime author moves into a new house and then uh, he's basically trying to chase up this case of murders and he's trying to win back his um, his prestige as a famous author despite what his family thinks. Discovers these uh, tapes or these kind of like uh, these uh, films of different murders. He tries to uncover what they are, and turns out it's a demon that takes the souls of children by getting them to kill their whole family. Jason. Yeah, it's it's a very dark movie, but it's a very, very interesting, unique movie that's unlike anything I've seen in recent years. And it's only 2012, so it's not that old. But uh, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely a good movie to kind of uh, get yourself in the mood. It's like it's better than Insidious. Uh, but it plays on a lot of the similar kind of themes. So, like, this is part of the Ethan Hawke's kind of return to Hollywood, wasn't it? Like, yeah, this was his first real kind of stab at making making a return, you know. So mm. it was it, it was around the same time as he was in The Purge, and a few like that. But Sinister is a much better flick. Mm. Like, and like, sorry, don't, don't let don't let the score either be your Rotten Tomatoes throw you off because it genuinely. <laughs> A really good movie. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I think I haven't seen that one. Unfortunately, I'm thinking of a different recent horror movie with Ethan Hawke beginning with S. I, I'm scratching my head to think of what it is. So yeah, tell me about tell me more about uh, Sinister without giving it away. Then is it like a jump scare or is it like it has one or what, two, what kind of has one or two jump scares in it? But it's not a jump scare movie. Okay. The, the thing what, what's interesting about it is like the actual. F- uh, films that they show you're watching them with Ethan Hawke right so it's one of those movies where you're sitting there going okay I kind of get into this and it has a lot of atmosphere so it's not one of those movies where you're you're expected to uh, a lot of assumed knowledge you're learning at the same time yeah. there's one or two jump scares because it's a creepy kid movie right so there's creepy kids in it but <laughs> it's not like it's not cheap the jump scares right. cheap. It's, it's a well constructed movie so if you're looking for something like that, um, you could do a hell of a lot worse, and there are a hell of a lot of movies worse. And believe it or not, the sequel actually, uh, the sequel does that. But it, it's one of those, it's one of those movies that where you're sitting there going, "Oh my god, I can't believe they went for it," because it starts off with a family being hung. Jesus. And, and yeah, and it's a it doesn't cut away from it. It's a graphic graphic opening to the movie. Mm. And there's no sound, so it's even more spooky. Um, but yeah, it has one of the best opening for horror movies. Like straight off the bat, it's like, yeah, this is, this is, this is something else. So that's my first pick from a, a film standpoint. From the game standpoint, um, let's start off nice and easy. Um, the first uh, Slender DA pages or Slender the Slender the Arrival. Have you ever played those games? I've got to say, I actually haven't played a lot of horror games, but I'd love to hear about them. What makes this one tick? Sure. Well, The Eight Pages is you know one of the most famous games, uh, flash games or whatever, um, from recent years. So, 2012 is when it came out again. Survival horror game. You're basically just walking around the forest trying to collect pages, and then Slenderman shows up and messes things up. Obviously, Slenderman is, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, was, you know, the, the big bad of the internet for a very long time, and it was released for free. You know, I remember. You could download it and play it. Oh, I see. The eight pages is a Slenderman game. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. yes, I have played that. Yes, yeah, yes. I'm speed with you now. Yeah, yeah. It's the Slenderman game. 
Yes. And then it was re-released as then their the arrival, which mm. I bought, and it's actually a fantastic first-person game. So that levels inside it, but again, has so much atmosphere to it. If you haven't played it, definitely do check it out. Um, it, 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 it's. It, it does get me. It is quite scary. Um, it's it's quite it simple because for anyone who hasn't played it, you basically have to walk walk around this forest finding eight pages. Yeah, uh, all of which are randomly scattered around, and yeah. the Slenderman's coming for you. And what could you say about him? Yeah, and that's the and that's the, carried on into the the wider game. The mm. wider game also has that kind of thing where you have to collect certain things, but you know, the, in the actual game itself, there's a part where you go into a house. And the house is just covered in Slenderman children drawings. Yeah. And it's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> so, you know, if you haven't played it and you're looking for a good survival horror um, experience, start off with Slender, either the eight pages because it's free or Slender the Arrival. I think you can get it. It's across platforms, but you can get it now on PS3, sorry, PS4 for like four euros or something like that. So definitely something to mm. wor- worth getting. And before we go off it, though, what do you think makes the game scary? Uh, it's effective survival horror. Like, you don't have any weapons. You're literally just completely disarmed. Mm. You know, it's not one of those things where you can, you mm. know, fight your way out or something like that. You're like, no, you're, if you don't manage to complete the objective or get away from Slenderman, that's it. It's game over. And also, as well, like, you know, there's certain things like the screen starts tearing you know, it's just. Oh, it's, I used to hate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just you know, you know what's coming. You know, yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. So it's the fact that it just, it really does kind of have that sense of helplessness, which mm. is a very hard thing to do. But once they get it, it's brilliant. I mean, this is one of those games that. Oh my, it's free to play game made with Unity as well. So it's like, yeah. come on, it's it's better than a lot of other games which you've seen. So yeah, definitely, that, that's my first pick. Yeah, that's lovely when like these like small, low budget, like good idea things just really take off. You know, you don't see that happening often in movies, let alone games. Like, for sure, that's because you know people are too busy trying to, um, you know, get the cheap jump scare. And you know, there's certain games like this one called uh, Emily Wants to Play, and that that's a not a very good game, but it is just a. <laughs> no, seriously, it's it's not a good game but it does have jump scares and it's pretty damn scary and also welcome to the game which is a game about the dark web where you go mm. on the dark web and then you know serial killers try to come get you it's a very stupid game but that they, they solely rely on jump scares to get it and they work because it's a jump scare it's going to scare you but yeah, it's not, it's, it doesn't have the same that same kind of like oh you know that was earned that was an earned jump scare and that's the difference yeah, I think that's really kind of either in games or in movies or TV. That is the make of everything. It's the jump scare is meaningless if there isn't a really good atmosphere to it, you know? Correct. You know, like, what's the point? You know, it's like, mm. oh, you know, you, you might have scared me, but it wasn't Aaron. And he just kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Anyway, what, what about you, man? What have you got? What have you got coming up? Oh, okay, I've I've been quietly adding to my list there so I don't know games are involved I'll suppose I'll do a two for straight away which is Alien the movie and oh. Alien Isolation the game because nice. I said they're kind of both extensions of the other obviously what more can you say about Alien I it still scares me to this day I love the hour of build up of like 
just landing on the planet and like the gradual walking around. Obviously, the prequels have explained it a bit. Walking around the creepy ship and like the gradual. Oh, it's just it gets me every single time. I used to have a PSP and like those like little mini discs, and I used to watch Alien every single day. And like, there's only one or two jumps every day. Oh yeah. Like well, well, okay. I had a few, so I'd skip around between that Aliens and Hellboy and that kind of stuff. But I watched it a lot. I was big into that because it was just so mysterious. And like you said, I had the sense of helplessness about the creature as well. Well, that's it. That's that's like that's the important thing. That like if that's missing from horror horror in general, Mm. it's pointless because that's that is like what makes horror horror yeah right? the fact that and it's something uniquely japanese it's what we're going to be talking about in our in our panel um that's something that has been borrowed directly from the japanese model that what's the the lack yeah. of explanations like no, the, the helplessness mm. like, like it's just it's like a it's almost a cosmic terror where you're kind of mm. you're you're on your own and that's it and there's nothing you can really do they can't fight it if you run, yeah, you might run, but yeah. it's going to come after you. And that's one thing that that movie, that, that game and the movie actually specifically mm. tackled. So yeah, Alien Isolation, I haven't finished it. I have really enjoyed it though. I've really enjoyed what I've played so far. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, let's, let's, let's talk about Isolation for a sec then because I haven't finished it either. I, right. I got freaked out when, I'm not sure if this is true, but someone told me that if you've got the Xbox One extension thing in, that the game can hear you talking in the room or shuffling around or all that kind of stuff. Hmm. I don't know. There's just, it's a really well-crafted game in that, obviously we talked about the helplessness a bit, but even little things like saving takes about 30 seconds. And if you're being chased by it, like what are you supposed to do, you know? So it really makes you second guess yourself, you know? Yeah, 30 seconds is a long time when you're you're being chased, (laughs) you know? And like it's it's one of those things where you're like, oh no, that is not. And you're like, no, seriously, yeah. when that thing is coming for you, you better move. You know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's it's a fantastic game. It really is. Um, I I never I haven't gone back to it because I haven't really had the time yet. But um, mm. I think I might might play it a little bit um, going in because it's a very good kind of comparison from how the Western game has taken over Japanese. Um, Japanese approach so that's something that I might do thanks again no worries actually before we move on to your next recommendation like Mm. what do you think are the fundamental differences in brief between like the western and eastern sort of horror things like what are the tropes well we're gonna be talking about that for an hour now in a couple of weeks (laughs) Um, that's fair enough that's fair enough yeah so like broadly speaking we don't want to give it all away um, okay all right fair but, enough, but fair no, enough. Just I... yeah but broadly speaking though it would be um how horror is like the, the boil it all down it's how horror is dictated right so mm. what scares us western irish people wouldn't be the same as what scares someone in japan mm. like a japanese person right wouldn't be what scares someone in china wouldn't be what scares someone even in the middle east right because what scares us is culturally ingrained, is culturally dictated, either mm. biologically or, you know, just through society or whatever, because we have, you know, biological memories of these things are all different, right? So that's how, how, how our horror is um, disseminated, right? And, and like the actual experience of it. So 
why how Japanese horror dictate with difference is based on that but to boil it down it's the jump scare phenomenon that hits us right where mm-hmm. you, you're sitting in a horror movie and you're like okay jump scare now jump scare, now. <laughs> jump scare now. yeah and you can almost kind of dictate where it's coming from right yeah you bang on the ring and this is this is why this was such a big thing when this kind of hit you know, around the time that Ringu really picked off and then they remade it. Mm. It was because that was completely different to our experience, mm. right? Like, you're you're watching Ringu and it scares the hell out of you because you, you're not expecting, you don't know what's going to happen. It's completely different. That's And that's kind of the main difference to boil it down. Now, obviously, we're going to go into this more and it's going to be something that we will be talking about in great detail, but mm. that's it. That's That's why it's more scary you know, if you're if you if you hate jump scares, yeah, and it doesn't scare you, you'll you'll switch into one of these uh, Japanese films, and it will scare the hell out of you because it's so it takes you completely off guard. You're completely shocked by how this is done differently. And well, not not any, well. You know, we've seen it kind of change now, where we're adopting it. Obviously, you know, Alien Isolation is one of them, but mm. that's happening in games and movies. They're still going jump scares because it's it's a cheap and easy way to do it. But in games, we're really seeing it that way, where the, that style is starting to come in. So the helpless, lost person who's very underpowered going against this unstoppable force, that's something that's uniquely Japanese. And it's kind of where it leads into games like the next game we're going to talk about. Um, I think that's as good a segue as ever there was one. Yeah, the next game I'm going to talk about that really kind of does that is um, oh, it's kind of hard to sum it up because there's so many. Feather Frame 2. Okay. Feather Frame 2 is probably the best one. Uh, Feather Frame 2 is a game based on Japanese folk horror. And this is what I mean. Like This specific kind of way of doing things is folk. And folk mm. is something that can't be learned. It's something that can't be reasoned with. It's, something that, it's in you. Mm. Right? It's like the way the Banshee follows people with O in the name. So, you know, you and me, Keen, we're screwed. Oh, yeah, we're stuck, totally. <laughs> we're screwed, like, you know... I, Rin, no, too, as well, now I think Rin about as it. Well, like, this is... Now, we just need to quarantine this podcast. Now, to be fair now, I'm not going to go too much into it, but I've heard the Banshee, right? So, uh, you know, it's one of those things where... How can you say that? I know to it, though. Because I'd be here all night. You know, I'll, I'll never forget. I'll, ne- I'll never forget my experience of that, you know? And it was the most terrifying thing I've ever heard in my life. Mm. Um, you know, and it, it was one of those things. But this is just in people. People from all mm. around would have these things that are uniquely that. And when games pull from that and it's successful, it's amazing. And this is what, and it can be exported and, be, you know, can scare people in whole new ways. Something that I'm, I'm shocked that there hasn't been a good Irish horror game. I really mm. am. You know, I just don't know why there isn't. Like, it's, there's so much to pull from, but. Oh, there's plenty to scare us, totally. Exactly, it is what it is, you know? <laughs> but this, um, the Fatal Frame basically is a long-running game. It's still running. I think there's one out for the, there's one out for the Wii U. Mm. Um, and I'm probably going to buy a Wii U solely for it. But um, it's in the same kind of vein as Silent Hill in its kind of world-building. But basically, it's, um, it's supernatural photography. Right, so right. it's it's based on a domestic space. So it's kind of following that eerie found footage Japanese style from 2005. But you're basically trying to, to boil it down. You're capturing pictures of ghosts while trying to solve puzzles. 
And that's what you do. Okay. So you're not being attacked. You're not being hunted. It's just this really eerie kind of atmosphere where you only have a camera. And that's the only way you can see these ghosts to find out what's going on. Like you can't do anything else except for take pictures and try to get, find your way out of wherever you are, right? Uh, Fader Frame 2 is probably the best one and the easiest one to get into. Fader Frame 3, some people like a bit more, but um, I found, you know, if, if that intrigues you, if you want something a bit more recent, there's a game called Dread Out from a Korean, from a, not Korean, Taiwan, I think it's, yeah, I think it's, in, no, Indonesia or Taiwan, I can't remember. Mm. And um, similar kind of idea, but you play as a schoolgirl in an old school Right. And you're walking around with your phone. Okay, so it's Same like not interacting. Like, I mean, this isn't, I guess this isn't like a third person type thing, is this? Sure. No, like... it is. It's all third person. Yeah. But oh, okay. You, you go into first person as well if needed. Okay. So, it, so it's basically sort of in, like trying to see things beyond our usual vision. That's kind of the theme, is it? Yeah, well, you're experiencing a true technology mm. rather than. Um, rather than you know your whatever way you're going to do it, but again, it is that sense of the unknown. It is that sense mm. of uh, you're almost at the mercy of these otherworldly beings. And if it wasn't for your camera or your phone or whatever, you're kind of freaked out. So, with that in mind, it's one of those spectacular little games, and I'd really recommend if anyone's fond fond, fond of that. Um, I don't think Feather Frames on Steam, but Dread Out definitely is. So you know. Tacit, tacit recommendation for them to be interchangeable. Um, you know, seriously, like they're super fun. I play Dread Out a lot because uh, it's so good. So good. And I uh, think you actually have hit on something there because really good horror responds to like things, like cult things, ideas in our cultural society now and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And like I haven't seen a good smartphone horror yet. Well, they've tried. Like, do you know what I mean? They've like, tried. nothing up to yeah. speed like that. Yeah, they've Sorry, tried. Sorry, go on there. They, they've tried, but it's always very gimmicky. Like, I thought, yeah. um, well, Unfriended was quite good. And the first one, I thought that was mm. a really fun idea. And that was all through, uh, like, Skype, like a Skype call and stuff. Mm. But we're not there yet, because actually there's a, there's a movie coming out. I saw a trailer for it the other day. It's called, um, oh, what's it called? I can't remember the name of it. But basically, the premise is an app that kills people, right? And they oh, it. okay. I can't remember the name of it now. Countdown <laughs> or Countdown? I think it's called Countdown. Mm. And uh, yeah, it looks terrible. So I don't think we're going to get one of those movies just yet, Kane. But look, at least with games, we have a good idea, and maybe Japan yeah. will lead the way. But The Ring, there we go. That's my next. That's my next. Kind <laughs> of the Ring did kind of touch on those teams in 2002 Ringu obviously a couple of years beforehand but that touched on technology where there's haunting true technology now it wasn't through phones obviously mm. but it was through the TV so you know similar kind of setup similar kind of idea but definitely Ring is my next Ring, Dreadout and Fatal Frame are my uh, next picks what about you man? Well actually I was going to say before we move on Ring is like to go more abstract the concept behind it is once you kind of hear about it and hear the seven days mm. Like, you know, uh, and then the word getting out from there and more people. So in the most traditional sense, there is an aspect of an idea like a meme in the horror of Ring, isn't there? It's like kind of trying to keep suppress this thing that's out in the world in our minds. But obviously you can't do that. Like mm, Exactly. And it's, all, and it's disseminated through technology. 
Hmm. Well, since we're on technology then, uh, I'm not sure if we call it horror in the conventional sense, but I'm going to go to one of the films I've seen more than any other. It's Cloverfield, the original one. Oh, very good. Good choice. I... I love it to bits. It's actually like, I know the gimmick is that it's all done through a camera, a bit like, I suppose, the games you're talking about. Mm. It's actually really well put together if you go back to it. It's um, directed by, I think, it's written by Drew Goddard, who mm. like did Cabin in the Woods. It's directed by the director of the Planet of the Apes prequels in the last few years. And mm. it's just a really slick, well put together horror film. Like, the five characters are great. You just, get very quickly who they are and what they want it's very simple premise they're just wandering around new york trying to find one of the characters who's stuck in a building and you just get kind of like jaws in that way you just get fleeting glimpses of the monster now and again and i'm i'm not mad about those recent cloverfield film but i don't know i just love it to bits i think it's a really clever premise have you ever seen it i have i I went to go see it when it came out in the cinema in screen 17 in Sydney World mm. and I just yeah. remember going well this is incredible um, I kind of had everything that you know wasn't in at the time you know found footage movies were still a thing but yeah, nothing that was you know hit hit on those those cylinders you know so yeah man like if anyone hasn't seen it go out your way to see it um, I think it might a- be on Netflix at the moment. I, w- I wouldn't swear on it, but I'm, but I know that at least one, a couple of the Cloverfields are up there. It's not hard to find anyway. No, it's no, no, it's no. Not, it's not like you can buy the DVD for a couple of euro, but definitely um, if your only experience with it is those most recent movies, don't bother. Um, it's not a good representation. Yeah, and like I just... I, you don't get to see much of it, but I really like the design of the monster. It's hard mm. to do a good movie monster these days, but it's really creepy. It's like slightly, I know I'm giving away things, but it, it's like slightly spider-ish, slightly dinosaur-ish, slightly alien. There's like, it's a weird mix of things that looks great. And it's just, I I can't really think of another monster that looks quite like it, you know? Yeah, it's well. You don't get to see much of it, obviously, but what you do yeah. get to see really leaves an uh, interpretation. And there's some really cool uh, pictures online of what this monster looks like. It's very spooky, but very cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. really glad it didn't get like a Prometheus style. Like, I mean, I know the third Cloverfield wasn't great, but I'm glad there wasn't like a prequel that explained where the monster came from and like what its name is and what it wants and all that well, kind of stuff i'm quite but, I, i'm quite happy knowing less about it well to be fair a lot of those prequels weren't actually cloverfield movies they were just movies that had nowhere else to go so but just, you know i quite like that i wouldn't like i mean like because i quite like the second cloverfield film the cloverfield lane yeah I thought and it was really it's a, good. It, yeah yeah and it, it's a film no one would have seen were it not for someone putting cloverfield on it now obviously the reverse is true of the third one if you can call it a third one but i think as a premise for a horror series just kind of linking them together i i like that i think promote more movies than wouldn't would otherwise get seen you know yeah fair man fair um that's that, that's a strong recommendation as as you can give yeah, I'd, uh, I'm very aware that I rant on about that one for five minutes, so give me your next <laughs> two there. I've only got a few games, unfortunately, so I'm going to thin no, them out. No worries. Um, next, I'm going to go, we're going to jump back to the 70s. 70s, okay. 70s is the era for horror movies. Guys, listen, if you're sitting here going, oh, you know, horror movies are so bad and I haven't seen yeah. a good one, uh, get yourself 
the means to watch horror movies from the seventies because they will mess you up. I remember when I got when I got bad at when I got like super into horror movies. I was like, oh man, the seventies is you know weird, you know, and it's weird because you're kind of watching them and the way they're shot looks a bit different. But you know, some honorable mentions here. You know, you got um, Phantasmia, The Brood, House on the Left. Uh, sorry, Last House on the Left. Um, Alice Sweet Alice, which is still messed up. Uh, <laughs> and we're not even you know we're just kind of talking about these you know thing, but the, the big one here to talk about and you had kind of have to um it's the biggie it's the exorcist from i was hoping you'd say that yeah, yeah 73 like i know people are like oh it's not the scary yes it is <laughs> yeah yes it is. <laughs> yes it is um the exorcist the exorcist one is like oh man it's it's still one of those movies where uh, you know, you don't, you watch it at like four in the day, <laughs> and then a few comedies <laughs> after it, so you don't. Yeah, it messes with you. I remember I, I watched it when I was a kid. I was like eight, eight or nine, and uh, should not have watched that movie eight or nine because it mm. messed with me quite severely. Uh, not the best in the series, um, as far as a movie. Like my personal favorite is Exodus Tree. I've heard a lot of people saying good things about that in the past few weeks. Have you not seen Exodus Tree? I haven't seen The Exorcist 1. Oh my God, dude. You, ha- you have to. <laughs> you really have to. Like, it's one of those movies that you kind of have to see. Uh, watch The Exorcist 1. Do not watch the second one. Do not watch any of the other ones. I've seen clips to. of the second one with Bazuzu and yeah. uh, James Earl Jones and all that malarkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's garbage. But no, do, do watch, um, watch the first one anyway. The first one's fantastic. And um, then watch the third one. The third one, written by Bloody um hmm. as well so it's like a kind of a crime a crime movie with an exorcism in it it's, it's good. <laughs> yeah no it's that's quite a tagline isn't it well that's what it is you know it's, it's based in this mental hospital and um so much atmosphere like there's not you don't see any violence in it at all hmm. but it's about a serial killer you know and it's just has some really messed up kind of shots in it and really sticks with you you know um, like religious horror is the thing that freaks me out more than anything. Like, I can watch someone being hacked to death in movies, you know, mm. serial killer. Religious horror is what freaks me out. Um, so they're the movies that kind of get me. And um, why do you think that is? I'm Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> As I said to you, know, we're, we're like we are a Catholic country, right? Mm. So it's ingrained in us to be scared of certain things. And that's what it's just what I'm saying to you. All this stuff, even if we don't think about it, even if you're not a Catholic or not religious or whatever, that's mm. still going to be in you because it's who you are, right? And this whole stuff comes from a Catholic American mindset, and mm. that's what it plays on, and it works super well. You know, like you know, that's kind of the Irish persuasion, right? And the Amer- the American persuasion in this as well, where you're going to be freaked out by certain things. And particularly, a lot of the iconography in the third one really just hits that button and just hits it and then just keeps going at it. And that's it, you know, it really freaks you out. But obviously some people would be different. But, you know, for me in particular, it's just... Certain things well, in the movie just mess you up. And it, it, I think you're right, though, because, like, if you're talking to religious fears and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, what is it, like... Possession in particular, because I I was raised Catholic too, obviously. Like, but it's yeah, uh, it's <laughs> you know, it's. I mean, of course, because yeah. we're here. Yeah. But um, and there is this kind of. I don't have any bad blood with the church personally. I was going to Christian Union as well late into my life. But uh, oh, yeah. 
there was this thing where like this slight suggestion that you could be doing something bad in your life and not even know it. There's that sense that, oh, you got to be careful. The evil might be in you, you know, and that's what a possession, what an exorcism and a possession is essentially. You could have a devil in you, not know it. And that feeds into that. So I think you're right. I think those exorcist films really play on that deep seated religious insecurity, you know? Yeah. It's more a case of, you know, um, it's like there's nothing you can do about it. Hmm. Like where I always saw it wasn't based on that because I don't really have a any babbling in a church at all. I don't really care. Um, it's not really a thing that I think about, but it's hmm. more just a sense of if there's a if, if there's a serial killer, you can kind of kill that person. Yeah, person, right? If it's someone like Freddie and Jason, well, you have a bit of a chance. <laughs> not much of a chance but a bit of it if yeah. it's the devil or a demon you don't really you're kind and, of screwed. yeah and, and like you what, said yeah. it's leaning into the unknown again isn't it because yeah, you exactly. don't know what it is you like, know yeah. What, yeah you can't really do anything about it so that's where that comes from and that, that's what kind of taps into it now hmm. my next pick is going to tie directly back into that but before we get into that um, my next game pick is going to be um, oh, it's hard, it's hard. Okay, it's gonna. Hmm. Let's see. Oh, I want. I'm gonna make this count right. Because <laughs> there's so many. There's so many. Um, we're gonna go with the haunted ground, right? From 2005. Haunted. Okay, proper old school. What, what what kind of platform is this game on? Well, this is PS2. PS2 is the platform to pick for horror games, my friends. Um, if you're looking for horror games, okay. PS2 is where it's at. Um, <laughs> yeah, this again, this is just, you know, a very, very unassuming game. It's not graphically violent. It's not brutally. It's just a survival horror game where you wake up in a castle after being in a car accident and you're trying to find what's going on. Mm. Okay. Japanese horror game has some really messed up elements in it, um, drenched in atmosphere, hmm. and it kind of plays, you know, if you're a Silent Hill fan, it kind of plays like that mixed with Resident Evil, but without all the silliness. Hmm. So, um, yeah, definitely. And also, there's a cool doggo in it as well, so you have a good time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> definitely one of those games to check out. What's your next pick? Oh, my God. Sorry, I'm still laughing. I Gotta know what kind of doggo. He's like a little husky. So you can't go wrong with that. Hello? 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 Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, we had a bit of technical difficulties there. Um Yeah, okay. Well then I'll just go to my little list. Well, since you've mentioned kind of haunted house, I'm gonna actually mention a recent one, the haunting of Hill House, which Ooh. is the Good. Most recent thing that actually gave me proper nightmares. I haven't had that in a while now. Have you seen it yourself? Uh, is it the Broken Neck Lady episode? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, like, now, for anyone who doesn't know, that movie, like the actual, not movie, it's a TV show on Netflix. It's an eight-episode thing on Netflix, yeah. Yeah, but it was, the, it, it is a fairly old move, uh, idea. Like, it's been around that movie, The Haunting, from 2001. Mm-hmm. That's actually what, what it like closer to the book than the TV show. The TV show kind of goes in its own way, mm. but I found the TV show to be a lot 
more terrifying than the haunting because haunting turned into a bit of a meme. Um, but oh, like I think, and the haunting, the Chaz moment was like a remake of the haunting of Hill House, the movie from the forties. Like it's one yeah. of those proper, like you know, old ancestry old horrors. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's you know, it, it like the show itself is good, but that particular episode is absolutely terrifying. Mm. It's, uh, I mean, for anyone who hasn't like seen it, basically the hook of it to not try and not spoil like an eight, eight episode series is that uh, there's a big house they used to, this family of uh, five kids and the parents used to live in. Yeah, and basically and, the family, like they buy houses and renovate them themselves. Yeah, 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 that's it, yeah. And uh, the mother dies in mysterious circumstances and <laughs> as the kids have grown up, they've kind of fallen out over whether they believe the house did it or whether they believe that the dad might have murdered her. And if the first couple of episodes kind of investigate their characters in building up to them all coming back together for a funeral and it's just the atmosphere is so good. It's just the, you're talking about the bent neck lady episode. Like Mm. that is like, they do scares, but that's the scariest stuff. It's got, it lures you in with some character stuff and then uses the ghosts as like an extension of that. It's really, really chilling. I'm, I still get shivers thinking about some of the things in there. Mm, exactly. It's those, it's just hits you right in the gut after yeah. those kind of movies, you know, and you're just after those kind of like slow elements and it's slow, but it's not, you know, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. Um, my next pick. Oh, before oh, we sorry, go, before we move game. off that, actually, game. no, 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 actually, before we move off, uh, Haunting of Hill House, I will say it rains in the jump scares, but it does one in episode seven, and it's my favorite jump scare of all time. Right, go I on, mean, we're gonna pull up a it's spoiler warning, but go on, mild spoiler. I won't give away who's and what's and all that kind of stuff, but uh, a lot of it is just character drama. Yeah. And there's one scene where two people are just chatting in a car. It sort of spoils into an argument and you think it's all this, that. And then a something jumps out from the back seat of the car and oh, drives yeah. off the road. Yeah, and I, I, dropped, I dropped my earphones. I just, I couldn't. And then it plays back into the drama. So they, it's a very well-balanced horror show. I would recommend it wholeheartedly. Don't watch the Bent Neck Lady episode before you go to sleep like I did. But, no, that's probably uh, a bad idea. That's probably but, a bad idea. Probably, probably. But now I know. Yeah. Sorry, you go on to your next pick there. Uh, next pick is going to be another... Uh, sorry, I've said it links in to... Mm. It's uh, Hereditary. Oh, yes, I wanted to see that. Is it good? Yes, it's phenomenal. Um, but this is... this You know, and I've noticed this now with a lot of, a lot of more recent horror movies. They are kind of leaning back to the 70s. Um, in their kind of style and approach and Hereditary is like you know about as 70s as it can get mm. and the setup is that this grandmother dies and they weren't really close and the family's kind of dealing with it however the grandmother turns out to be leader of a satanic cult and uh, <laughs> as trying, they do <laughs> and she's trying to get her, her her family into it basically and that's kind of what yeah. it, is. it is genuinely very very scary um, has some really messed up moments where you're sitting there going, what am I watching? This is absolutely crazy. Yeah. I am terrified. Uh, and yeah, it's, you can't go wrong with it. You really can't. Yeah. It's, uh, if you haven't seen it, m- make it your business to watch Hereditary. 
Um, fantastic film. I'm not, I and what and what makes it stand out? Because okay, there has been a fair few good horror movies the past two or three years. What makes it stand out in particular? It's, it's just so good. It's just so good. Like the story <laughs> is great. The the like that's what it is. after you finish watching it, there are scenes that just stick with you. Hmm. Right, like you're watching it and you're like, I am so I am profoundly changed by that movie. And, wow, that is high praise. And you can't say that from a lot of movies. It's like when you watch The Exorcist, you're profoundly changed by it. Um, and not many movies have that impact. So, mm. you know, that's all I can say. We can maybe watch it, Keen, maybe, and then we can talk about it in more detail with all the, with all the, um, all the spoiler warnings and stuff. But <laughs> if you take something away from today, watch watch that movie. It's it's really a something else. <laughs> uh, quickly. So, should I do Exorcist first, or what's what's what? What order should I watch these in? Definitely watch the Exorcist first, because the Exorcist, yeah. uh, you know, kind of is the granddaddy of these movies. So watch that first, yeah. and then watch Hereditary. Um, and the Exorcist Tree is just a fun movie to watch in general. Yeah. Um, a video game recommendation, um, just to kind of tie this off, mm-hmm. would be uh, System Shock Two. Not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily a okay. horror. Uh, game per se but it does kind of uh, tie into that kind of horror aesthetic mm. and does have some really messed up moments in it um, it's kind of like Bioshock in a sense uh, obviously it's a you know Camp Forest it's the it's the granddaddy of that movie oh sorry mm. that video game series but uh, definitely one to play and if you haven't had a chance to play it do uh, System Shock 2 definitely fantastic wow and like uh, what's kind of the plot of it then the plot is you are a hacker uh, in the future and you wake up uh, on this ship called the Von Braun okay. and everything has gone to hell. So you're trying to find out what's going on, but you're, help- you're being helped by this rogue AI mm. called Shodan who thinks she's a god. <laughs> uh, and that's the setup. So it's, and you're kind of going through trying to upgrade yourself and find your way what's going on. And it's, yeah, it really is a lot of fun, but um, it's not necessarily the scariest parts, but does have some bits where you're like, oh my God, what's this? So yeah, <laughs> uh, super fun. That's excellent. Can, can I just ask you, where do you like, where do you get the recommendations about these horror games? Or did you grow up with them? Like, uh, what's your a, source? A bit of both. I just kind of played them. Like when I, with, um, it's kind of a weird, that's a hard, I never thought about that before. Uh, a few I grew up with, and a few then I just kind of went down and um, kind of explored to see what, what would work. So, um, yeah, like, it's like everything, you know, you Google and you're like, what's good? <laughs> and then you just kind of experience them and then <laughs> you make time. So with the games and stuff, I used to, you know, I've been reviewing games for about eight, nine years. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of played everything that I could, anything that was good. And then uh, with movies, yeah, man, just, you know, either buying dvds or some other way you know i just kind of made it my business to see as much as i can yeah well fair play you're proving yourself quite the quite the expert this episode cheers man (laughs) well what's your next picks uh i'm kind of torn between a couple i'll go with uh, another one of my old favorites uh because Shamefully, we've only had a limited amount of zombies on this episode, uh, not including the Death Troopers. So I'm going to throw a shout out for 28 Days Later, another one of my 
PSP re ultimate rewatch over and over again every single day picks. Ooh, very fun. 20 Days Later is great. Great movie. That's fun isn't the word I'd use, but I, I, I'm pretty sure it invented the fast zombie. That's like a trope now, but like, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, think it, it might have been the first. I think it did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it does what I think, because I'm, I'm trying to kind of keep track of the horrors we're talking about. Hmm. And it's, uh, it gets character right. Hmm. And if character in horror isn't done first and done well, then there's nothing to latch on to. Like, it's nothing just el- kind of... No- nothing else matters. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. like you could have the best monster in the world, uh, but if you aren't concerned for the people in it, then who cares? And like, Killian Murphy and like, Brendan Gleeson and oh, I'm trying to remember the actress name. I think Naomi Harris. Mm. Like, it's great to see this little family of people just come together from like, and it has one of the best horror openings as well. Cause it just wakes up with him, com- like you know, London. completely naked in a hospital bed, wandering around a deserted London. Like, you talk about atmosphere. There's like the bit in that movie that really gets me is you know when the army save them and they're in that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're, they're, they're obviously going to, you know, do stuff to the, the younger girl. Mm. And to uh, the, the two girls, they're going to obviously do stuff to them. Mm. And you're like, oh, wow, this is so disturbing. Because you're like, what are they going to be able to do? Exactly. And There's it plays no into way. the helplessness. Like, I mean, yeah. even, like at least with a zombie, like, you can't really hold it against them, you know? But yeah, humanity it, it, is this bad, you know? It. Yeah, it's the evil of humanity. Like, it's yeah. like the world has literally gone to hell. There's zombies everywhere. And instead yeah. of coming together, they're going to go and do horrible things to these girls, you know? And you're yeah. like, it, that's what that was in the Dead Rising games as well, where the biggest threat was not just the zombies, it was the psychopaths mm. who are off trying to kill everybody yeah you know, it was crazy so yeah man that was a it's a really good pick it's a really good pick it's definitely one of my favorites and i just i i love the little before i know i'm dwelling on this a bit much but i love the little details in it too like from the things like they've run out of water to like they were able to just go into a supermarket and do all the shopping or the mm. fact that there's like animals all over the place like mm. it's or like the army guys are running out of supplies, like they try and make egg, but it's gone off. Like you really get a sense that this is just like there wasn't a big cataclysmic event. It just like the world just kind of stopped working, you know. And that's yeah. actually scarier than the things chasing you. Well, that's probably more realistic as well. You yeah, know? and realism is important because if it's something's character based, you can buy into pretty much anything. But yeah. if, if it's nonsense, you're like, ah, oh, that's nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, it, it could be anything. <laughs> but once the characters behave like characters you know that's your premise you know mm. but um have you got a video game pick or i uh, i am going i've only actually played two or three horror games in my life i'll give a shout out to one i quite like on on uh on steam which i'm not even sure you call it horror but uh i love uh, uh ollie oxen free have you ever played that i haven't it's uh it's one of those like kind of like made by some small independent company and then just really took off. It's basically, it's a low graphic story about five kids who hop on a little boat and go off to an abandoned island. And you have like a little handheld radio with you and you can open it anywhere you like. And the more you open it, the more you start hearing weird things. And then you can, the, the radio lets you open portals to other places in time and space and you get hints and it's all tied up in the mystery of the main character's brother 
having died in mysterious circumstances, but it's also got a lot of wit to it. I I wish I could send you like snapshots of the graphics. It's like, it's really charming, Mm. but it lures you into this really unsettling atmosphere. Like it's got a, it's just a fantastic bingeable game. You could knock it out in a few hours and then it's got multiple endings as well because there's a time travel element. So Hmm. it's a really, it's a good beginner horror. I'll put it that way. It'd be nowhere near intense as I think the ones you're talking about, but it's a really strange play. I'd recommend it quite highly. Okay. I'll I'll add it to the list then because I'm looking for stuff to play. Um, My next two picks, and look, we are, we are we have 15 minutes left in the show, so we'll we'll do a few more and then we'll wrap Jesus. it up. Jesus. Yeah, I know we're going through it. But um okay, so my next pick are kind of two, right? They're they're okay. two they're, they're two because I I can't decide between them both, but they are hmm. my favorite some of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Hammer horror movies are amazing. I'm actually gonna dig out my interview with the guy who did the Hammer Horror archive. I'll pop them, hmm. I'll pop it on the on the feed because I got to interview him when I was working for the Sun Man and that was that was great, you know. Wow. But uh, yeah, to talk to talk to a Hammer Horror, the archivist of that was great. I love Hammer movies, right? So uh, anyone who doesn't know Hammer Horror, they they're they're a UK based horror franchise basically, and they made a bunch of movies in the seventies, eighties, and they stopped for a while. And now they're making them again. But basically, well, they kind of they kind of created the color palette for horror, didn't they? Mm, Those sensational yeah, yeah, yeah. reds and greens and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So they did like you know Frankenstein, basically. Over the, over in the states, there was the Universal Monsters, right? Yeah. And in Europe and in the UK, it was Hammer, right? Right. So basically, and they are kind of different, very, very different. Personally, I don't really like the Universal movies. I prefer the Hammer movies, mm. but um, that's just my taste. Um, you know, so you had Dracula, the Mummy, all that kind of stuff. But not only that, they started doing other stuff. Mm. So if I really like Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee, like a huge Christopher Lee fan, right? Well, they're the two kind of big faces of it, weren't they? Basically, they just made a rake of movies with these guys just changing costumes. Like most of the sets are the same place, they're the same house, right? But (laughs) they just bang them out. But all these movies are, well, most of them are bangers, right? They're just so good. Mm. Um, So two of the big ones, which, you know, again really have to see the devil rides out with terence fisher christopher lee um and the plot of that is this nun uh no sorry not sorry uh basically it's one of the only movies that christopher lee is a good guy in right so the devil rides out he's a good guy in it and basically he shows up at his mate's house and his mate is a satanic cult (laughs) <laughs> is in a satanic cult and he's trying to figure out what's going on right but it, ha- it has a picture of the devil in the actual during the the satanic mm. ritual and it's terrifying it scares the hell out of me and if you look at it normally it's not really that scary but yes it is right because so much industry like oh my god this is so freaky right so that was in 68 right now in 1976 and uh, there was a movie called To the Devil, uh, A Daughter, which is where Christopher Lee hmm. plays a priest and uh, follows this nun, right? And basically it turns out that the nun is tied up with this um, with this cult, right? And you follow... So is this a direct continuation no, of the first? No, no, they're just, they're just very similar. 
okay. like it, it feels kind of the same, and that's why it's kind of hard to throw between them because I like them both the same, and I'd kind of watch mm. them together. But yeah. this young girl, um, she, you know, it's her relationship with this offset of this religious group led by Christopher Lee, and you think that she's just a religious nun, and there's nothing kind of weird. Mm. But as you team up with this American uh, cultist novelist who's your POV character, you find out that your man actually is a, um, he's a follower of Astaroth. So it actually is like a borderline satanic society that he's leading and he's trying to seduce her to birth the devil. And you're like, oh man, it's so freaky. Because there's a bit at the end of it where they do this ritual and you're like, what? what is going on? Yeah. You know, what? So is this like Exorcist 3 where it's not like a slasher, but it's just no, there, there's, kind there, of... There's, the... no, there's no blood in any... Well, there's a little bit, but you know, it, there's no... Yeah. It's not a slasher movie. It, mm. All the horror is employed or shown in other ways. It's religious horror and it's yeah. absolutely terrifying. Like the ritual scene in it, I, you know, we can't talk about because you can't yeah. off the radio. But it's just so <laughs> weird looking. And like around this time, nothing else was done like that where you're like, what is this? You know, it's so freaky. So um, yeah, you know, watch both of those movies, watch them together. You know, even if you're not into religious horror, that's fine. Hammer movies are great. There's loads of things. Um, you know, uh, Lo- Countess, Countess Dracula, Dracula <laughs> movies, um, The Damned. Quatermass in the pit, Quatermass 2. You know, just pick one. Buy oh, one. I didn't know the Quatermass was horror. Yeah, well, Quatermass, they're all Hammer movies, you know. And you can oh, okay. Uh, the Gorgon is quite fun. The Satanic Rites of Dracula. Mm. Um, yeah, you just pick them. But for my, for, for my two cents, my two favorite Hammer movies are To, uh, to the Devil of Daughter and the, the Devil Rides Out. Fantastic flicks. Well, uh, since before you move on, though, since you mentioned those were like late sixties, early seventies, around the hmm. same time as The Exorcist. Yeah. From what you know about these movies, do you think there was a rig- a reason there was all these kind of religious fear movies popping up around that decade? Was, yeah, there, was like, there something yeah, like that, that? Was like kind of the time, like the first real kind of religious movie that came, uh, horror movie came out was Rosemary's Baby in nineteen sixty-eight. Yeah, nineteen sixty-eight. Um, so that kind of started off with the. You know, the satanic panic and the increase in cultism and that in the States. So yeah, it kind of like exploded. Mm. You know, so yeah, it makes perfect sense. That was just kind of the time period that it was. Yeah. Uh, again, like, you know, time and culture really kind of feeds into what people experience. But those themes that existed then are still very relevant today. And that's why when you watch a movie like that, you're, you know, even, what, 50 years later, mm. 40 years later, it's still really resonant. Like, you know, those those two Hammer movies, they're scarier than anything you'll watch in cinemas because they're so... It doesn't feel like a movie. Yeah. It's like when you watch The Wicker Man. You know, same thing for the original Wicker Man. Same kind of thing. You know, it could just happen. And it's just in its banality, in its normality of day-to-day life, this stuff's happening. And then you're just like, what is this? And it's just crazy, you know. It's not overblown, not super violent, just really, really scary. Well, I'm really glad you said that because I've heard that The Exorcist has a documentary feel to it. And I think, mm. I mean, obviously, like, I mean, you saw, like, for comparison, you saw It Part 2 a few weeks ago, didn't you? Mm. And there's something, yeah. there's something about horror tropes that actually release you from attention, you know? How do you mean? Like, like take 
like take it say which is very sensational horror there's magic there's demons there's things there's jump scares all that kind of stuff yeah. but i find there's something very unsettling about something like one of those harem, ha, harem, hammer horror movies mm. you described yeah and instead of there being a jump a monster or this or that or the other everything's just slightly off yeah that's and it, you know. Really disconcerting. And that's kind of what happens with some of the games we've talked about too. Like mm. Slender, you know, you walk into a house and it's a house, mm. but it's really scary. Yeah. You know, and it's fact that banality <laughs> of it where you're like, okay, cool. It's It's got to do with safety. And, you know, obviously our houses and stuff would be safe. Yeah. Well, we, we think that, right? And that's kind of. Well, you'd hope, wouldn't you? Yeah. That's what the slasher, the slasher movies kind of bled into as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of like that, you know, and I think those movies that are kind of toned down, like there was a movie that came a couple of years ago called The Last Exorcism, and that was shot as a documentary, right? And um, it followed the priest who wasn't, he was an American, you know, evangelical exorcist, right? Yeah. And he was a con man. Basically, he didn't really believe in all this kind of stuff. And he had like, it showed him like, you know, making stuff happen in the movies. But then it turns out, he actually, his last job actually was a real exorcist. exorcist. <laughs> she was possessed and the family was a, was a cultist. Spoilers. Where a satanic cult, right? Yeah. And it goes into him actually finding his faith. But the scares in that movie were because he didn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just like, oh, well, how can I explain this, you know? Um, so, yeah, those kind of movies really do, they really stick with you, you know? Yeah. Another movie that I had to say, uh, there's a movie called 1970 or 1972, called The Devils by Ken Russell. Ken Russell's a great director. This movie was banned all over the place because it's so weird. It follows the this convent of nuns in the 1700s. Mm. Uh, cardinal Rushla sends out, who was a real cardinal during the, just in the, in the Ancien Regime in France, sends off this guy to investigate these nuns who mm. are believed to be possessed this is a real thing that happened by the way in leon i'm not joking this is a real thing that happened but the movie picks up on that and it is so weird it's so weird that it's great like there's there's even google the, the nun scene um with it and you just it the way it's shot it's so freaky so weird um movie's fantastic the devils by ken russell um watch it so good i love that movie love 70s horror man it's the best Mm. best by the way we do have to wrap up soon but there's a great series by mark goddess do you know mark goddess he wrote doctor Who? oh of course from the league of gentlemen and sherlock yeah of course yeah yeah and he uh he's a big horror guy there's a great series he did a couple of years ago on european horror and horror in general watch that it's three-part series it's on youtube uh mark goddess is awesome i love mark goddess but yeah, yeah you're asking me where did i find a lot of this stuff yeah, he kind of told me <laughs> what to watch and where to go. <laughs> so yeah, his recommendation's great. But would you believe it? You know, I'm, would you believe it? We've reached the hour, man. Really? We've reached the hour. So holy moly, I didn't even get through half my list. That's no, great. So, so what we can do is, and you know, let us know, guys. Uh, Near to mm. media at gmail.com. Do yeah. you want us to continue this next week, and then we can do the bad week the week after? I don't mind. I think I think we should let's see. I, I'm looking forward to the bad week because I haven't seen a lot of bad horror. Right. I my plan was to go on Netflix and try and find some one star horrors in the horror thing and to see what jumps out. Right. Uh, but uh, no, I'm I'm game for it. The only thing I want to talk about that I missed out was that the right one in because you need oh, to mention yeah. vampires 
Oh. And that's one of my favorites. The right. that the remake, the book, and the theater show right. are all class. Here's what we'll do. Right, here's what we'll do. Mm. We'll come back next week. We'll mm. do five more each. Yeah. And then we'll do the bad one. I agree in principle. I think Bryn might be too eager to get to the bad stuff. Well, we'll but we'll put we'll put a pin in it. We will we'll put a pin in it. We'll, <laughs> if we do do the bad week, we'll come back and finish it off and then Oh totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then, <laughs> this is the this is the fastest error in existence. When when we still we're talking on this show, guys. I mean, oh, just man. get you talking about, you know, scary nuns and stuff and the error disappears, you know. Oh man, I have to say though, but you know, any of those movies you know, watch them actually homework for you, Ken. <laughs> yeah. Watch some of those movies and let me know what you think because you know you guys are gonna be scared. Just 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 keep the little one away because I don't want to scare her for life. But, I don't know. Uh, she she's seen the Punisher on Netflix. She'll be grand. Oh geez. me and Stevie will be wrecked. I think she'll be fine. <laughs> Fair. I know, but I, I do think you know anyone who, who is kind of on defense about what to watch this season. You know, my goal personally is to give you guys the ultimate list of horror movies to watch. So that's, okay. that's what I'm trying to do. But the seventies can't go wrong. Um yeah, man, it's pretty scary. But is there anything you want to plug before we uh, before we get out of here for this week? Not at all. I think that hour flew in. Just our own J-Con appearance. Is that on the 9th of November, is it? Or? Saturday the 9th of November. 9th of November, yeah. Tick- tickets are available now. We haven't got times for anything. But uh, when we do, we'll pop them up on our Facebook, on Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm kind of working on it now. And um, yeah, excited now to kind of get into it. It's going to be mm. fun. And we will be recording it as well. So we're going to try to put more stuff up on our YouTube channel, Nerd to Know Media. I'm going to start doing some game reviews as well. So we're going to pop those up. So yeah, uh, if you're not subscribed, do. So uh, <laughs> my only plug would be nerdtoknowmedia.com. Nerdtoknowmedia at gmail.com is our email, uh, Twitter, all that stuff. Basically, you pop those you pop those three words in, Nerd to Know Media, and you're good to go. So. Yeah, and we love hearing from you, and it may end up in the show on the 9th. Who knows? Or even next week. Yeah, well, that's it. So for everybody, including Bryn, who never showed up, boo Bryn. (laughs) We'll talk to you next week, guys. Thanks so much. Take care.